We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this left on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history? Still in the making. The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Crossing route, Gurley makes the catch 20. First down, he hurdles. Far side of the field, stays on his feet. Inside the 10, Todd Gurley making his case for MVP. Wait, he throws back shoulder. Higby reaches out and makes an incredible catch for a first down. Off his back foot, he throws to the end zone. Cooper Cup leaping to make the catch. Out of bounds, he has it for six. He's got a knee-high snap, looking left. Now over the middle, he pump fakes. He rolls to his right with Connor Barwin pursuing. He knocks him down. The ball is thrown up in the air and batted away. Incomplete. The Rams' defense clinches it. Goff will come on the field for victory formation. The Rams' sideline across the field from us erupts in celebration. And so the playoffs are coming back to L.A. This January at the Coliseum. We, not me, versus the NFC. And for the first time since 2003, the Rams are NFC West champions. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Managing Editor Derek C. Paul, all by myself tonight. It's January 30th, 2019. We are almost to the Super Bowl. Very short podcast tonight, but we do have a couple of things just to talk about. And that's all part of our conversation with Christopher Price, the Patriots writer for the Boston Sports Journal. So that's our show. It's just a really good conversation. The guy's been covering the Patriots for a very long time. He's written numerous books about the team. And he can really give us an in-depth look about this team's mentality, where they've been over the course of time, and what makes them tick. So before we get there, though, I do want to go ahead and get our sponsors acknowledged right away because they deserve it. These guys are great guys. They've done a lot for us. They are great members of the Rambling, as you have to call them. And if you have not been... Involved either with Jim Hawks, 
Hollywood's team, if you've not read that book or haven't shared it out or whatever, I encourage you to do it. Matter of fact, I would ask you to go ahead and just take some time to go on over and review the book if you've read it over there on Amazon.com. He deserves it. He really did a great job. And, of course, Sam Martin's out there as well. So, first, most of us are practically addicted to anything Los Angeles Rams. Well, if you want to learn more about the Rams' history with a bit of personal touch, check out Jim Hawk's Hollywood Teen, Grit, Glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. The book tells the story of the 1950s Rams through the lens of Jim's dad, John, who was an offensive lineman for the team from 1953 to 1957. Check out the son's story of a father, the team he played for in an era of glitz, glamour, and future Hall of Famers. Read about players like Norm Van Brocklin, Elroy, Grace Lakes Hirsch, Tom Fears, and Les Richter in this story spanning the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. You can find Hawk's book online at hollywoodsteam.com and on Twitter at Hollywood's Team. It's available both in hardback and electronic form at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. You can find Hollywood's Team through various other booksellers on the internet, folks. I've read, the, I've read it cover to cover. It's worth a read and a reread. You learn a lot about this man. You learn a lot about, about this team and the legacy they had. It's not just about the 90s or the 80s and 70s. Or even now, it's going way, way back to when they won championships in the early 50s in 1945. And then, of course, with this playoff team and how they really became Hollywood's team. Check it out. All right. And then also, we do want to thank Sal Martinez, buddy. You've been there from the very get-go with us. You've trusted me. You believed in me. You believed in our entire team. And I really appreciate your support. Folks, if you do live out in the Orange County area and you like the old school Barbershop experience. Check out the Gold Ram Barbershop at 13755 Golden West Street in Westminster, California, 92683. Sam Martinez opened up his shop as a shrine to the Rams on the day the team left for St. Louis, and he's kept the line on ever since. He's by appointment only, so give him a call at 714894 Rams or 7267. Use the promo code Rams Talk so he knows we sent you and get a discount on an already affordable haircut. The Gold Ram Barbershop is open Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. And Saturday, 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. One more time, give Sal a call at 714-894-7267. Visit to his shop is well worth it just to enjoy all the Rams memorabilia there. It's a Hall of Fame, the Rams, folks. Trust me. It's not just a barbershop. It is not. Let me say it again. It is not just a barbershop. He just provides you that old school barbershop experience as well. He'll talk Rams football with you. He'll talk all football. But he bleeds Rams colors. Trust me, folks. You won't regret it. Sally the Man should make my blockhead look eh, a little normal. Okay, without further ado, go ahead and go over to our interview with Christopher Price, Patriots writer for the Boston Sports Journal. Folks, it's a good listen. Trust me on this. It's a really, really good listen. All right, folks, I am here with Christopher Price, the Patriots writer for the Boston Sports Journal. Chris, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. I'm looking forward to this game on Sunday. It should be a lot of fun. Uh, so, Christopher, you're down there. You're living the dream. What's the buzz around this Patriots-Rams Super Bowl like, and how does it compare to past Super Bowls you covered for the Patriots? Well, I think it's going to be interesting on a couple of levels. First of all, you obviously have the age difference, the experience difference. You know, you, you know all the storylines mm-hmm. here when it, when it comes to – this matchup, Bill Belichick, Sean McVay, you're, you have a, you know, a team that's gone to three Super Bowls now in a row against a Rams team with not a lot of Super Bowl experience. So those are really the big storylines that are coming out of this one. Uh, in terms of how this matches up for the Patriots, it, 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 it's kind of too early to tell, really, at this point. I, I think that really for me, 
the vibe that I've gotten from this team throughout the postseason, and that really includes, or really you know, most importantly, uh, in, includes the the scene right after the AFC Championship game. There wasn't a lot of celebrating. It was kind of muted in the locker room. It was there was a feeling of satisfaction, but at the same time, it wasn't like they had achieved their final goal quite yet. So um, I, I think that there's a little bit of a an unfinished visit business kind of a vibe around this team at least right now it's going to be you know I'm, I'm fascinated to see how it's going to play out over the course of the week and maybe how it's going to manifest itself come Sunday but I, I think really in terms of a big picture perspective it's it's still a little early to tell the one thing I, I think that I really do want to keep an eye on is when the Patriots have stumbled in the Super Bowl in years past a lot of times it's because guys have said they've had a bad week of practice now obviously that's the case over the course of the full season but it's even more so you know, there, there, there's a, a real gravity when it comes to these practices in the lead up to this game. The 2017 to a man said they had their worst week of practice going into Super Bowl 42 against the Giants. So it's something really from a Patriots perspective, I'm going to be keeping an eye on over the course of the week. Man, makes me wish I could reconnect with you come Sunday. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, you know, overall, though, what is the feeling around the Patriots organization about this game? Are they... Are they satisfied where they are in terms of who their opponent is and what they're going to be facing out there? Or are they nervous about the matchups? You know, what's the general feeling overall? Yeah, I think there's always a sense of nerves. There's always a sense of anticipation because this is, you know, the game. This is the one you build to all season long. And, you know, you only get one bite at this apple. You know, if you're lucky, you know, you, you get, you know, a couple of times around. And I, I know that there is a sense that, with so many guys on this team, this Patriots team, who are older, who are on the the north side of 30, who are, you know, who've been around for a few years, there, there's there's a feeling that, you know, maybe this is the last time for him. Devin McCourty was very interesting, the, the defensive back who's been with this team since 2010, uh, wouldn't commit to coming back in 2019. The other day when we talked to him, Rob Gronkowski has not committed to coming back in 2019. Uh, Dante Hightower. Uh, would have to take a serious, uh, at least the thinking is, he would have to take a serious pay cut to come back in 2019. So there is a bit of a vibe that, you know, the guys who aren't going to be here next year, they want to send them out on, the, on, a, on a positive note. So it is. It, it's, I, I'm, I'm fascinated to see, again, how it's all going to manifest itself on the field come Sunday. But I, I think really there is, ultimately to answer your question, there's always a sense of anxiety. There's always a sense of nerve going into a game like this. It's all a question of how it's going to play out. Well, Christopher, it seems it would seem a little weird that I would ask you that question, but that's something around the organization. But this is the ninth Super Bowl in the <laughs> Belichick-Brady era. And you have to wonder at some point, does this become business as usual for them? And that's kind of where I'm going to go here with, do the comments by Nikhil Roby Coleman even bother the Patriots at this point? I think they, they 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 attack with. I think it's something they notice. Uh, you know, guys who have said things like that before big games against New England, mm-hmm. it either you know it can go one of two directions. I remember before the 2010 AFC divisional playoff game where under, Antonio Cromartie used a not so nice phrase to describe Tom Brady, and uh, <laughs> obviously the Jets ended up winning that game. So. Um, and then, you know, a couple of years before that, Anthony Smith, a, a young safety for the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, you know, guaranteed a victory, and the Patriots came out and went right at him. And so I think Nikel Roby Coleman is talented enough where if they went right at him, um, I don't know if that would be an ideal matchup, even though I know that, you know, it's probably going to be Julian Edelman out there, and obviously Edelman is Brady's guy. But 
I think it was noticed, and I think they will, you know, if they do end up winning, they'll take a little bit extra satisfaction. Um, but I, I don't think it's going to be one of those things where that's going to be their driving force coming into this game. The, the, the one thing for me, and this has been their M.O. as long as I've covered them since 2001, they've played that underdog card. Even when it kind of rings a little bit hollow, uh, you know, they've, they've said, nobody believes in us, bet against us, and on and on and on and on and on. Uh, and that's the one that they're continuing. That's the drum they're continuing to beat this time around. Seems a bit weird they would beat that drum, though, because last I checked, I think 96% of all Las Vegas bets were for the Patriots. Oh, yeah. 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 They're basically, their feeling is, and Matthew Slater, the, the special teams captain, said this today. Uh, that, that, you know, a lot of people, a lot of you guys think we shouldn't be here. And, and we kind of followed up by saying, well, why do you think that is? Well, you know, our play was inconsistent. We were up and down. And this was honestly, it's important to note, this team was a little bit different than a lot of Patriots teams than we've seen in the past. Uh, they lost two December games. There was a lot of uncertainty at the wide receiver position. There was some turnover in the secondary. You know, they, they weren't quite sure if someone was going to be able to emerge along the, you know, the defensive front seven. So there were more questions about this Patriots team than in years past. And I think when people say, uh, you know, I, I think they take it the wrong way when people say, you know, they, they, they come out with a bet against this stuff because they're not so much being judged, at least in my mind, against the rest of the league. They're being judged against the Patriots teams of the past, the Patriots teams that ended up winning the Super Bowls, 2014, 2016, 2003, 4, 1. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that kind of gets lost in the, the you know, the, the shuffle a little bit. So, um, yeah, your, your point is an excellent one. You know, all the money is going on the Patriots. The Patriots, at least right now, are a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, but they will continue to look for all of these slights, either perceived or real, and use those as the kind of the grist for their mill going forward. Well, you kind of just took me right to where I wanted to go, and, and that really is how much longer do you believe the Patriots can keep this going? I mean, it's been almost 20 stinking years now. How long can you keep it going? <laughs> Yeah, it is. It's it's remarkable. I mean, every time we think that you know we're ready to kind of write them off, they end up you know you know we're here we are again back in January, February, back in the Super Bowl. So it, you know, I think that I, my personal opinion is next year is going to be the year, going to be the last year at least for this core as we know it. You know, when you talk about Brady and Belichick and Gronkowski and and that group, so I think that they have one more year left in them. Uh, beyond that, beyond 2019, I don't know. So I, I guess to answer your question, I, I, I'm going to say one more year beyond this, and then things change up a little bit. Let's just put it that way. Okay, so you wrote a book, the, the Blueprint, How the New England Patriots Beat the System to Create the Last NFL Superpower. And the title of your book implies that no other team will create a superpower like the Patriots did. Do you still believe that? And given yeah. You know, oh, go ahead. Sorry. And given the relationship that the, that's formed between Belichick and McVay, are there any similarities that you see about how these two franchises franchises are being run now? Yeah, I, I do. I, I think that there's some real similarities there, and, and I think that, and this is not to dismiss the Rams, but they are still very early on in that process. Um, I think what you need, uh, the Patriots have shown is that you need a coach and a quarterback to be on the same page, and clearly that's the case with the Rams. Uh, you also need to be blessed with good health for an extended period of time for your quarterback, and I think you know that still obviously remains to be seen. Um, the other thing, too, and we've seen this from other teams that, that have kind of sprung up over the last few years, including Seattle, 
you need to have a good sense of timing. You need to be able to have a young quarterback who is successful and productive, and you need to be able to maximize that window. Uh, while he's still on that rookie contract, while he's while you're still paying him, uh, you know, a, a relatively small fee. I'll, you know, I'll put my quote fingers up when I say relatively. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think the Rams, what the Rams are doing is is very very you know very interesting because they do have that window. Um, what I would you know where it's uh, you know danger might come in for lack of a better term is going to be when the Rams have to you know, sign Goff to that next contract. And they have to make some really hard financial decisions. One of the things that's distinguished the Patriots is that they've always been able to know when to cut a guy. They, you know, it's a year too early as opposed to a year too late. And the other thing that I, I think is really the overriding uh, team-building angle that the Patriots have always fallen back on is when it comes to, you know, creating a roster, it's not about collecting talent. It's about assembling a team and finding very specific guys with very specific skill sets who fit very important roles on that roster. And, And I think that while it's still very early on in the process, the Rams have started going about things the right way. Uh, you know, the similar, you know, in a, a similar way the Patriots have done it. Obviously, it's you know, it, it's a long time to look into the future, but they've certainly taken you know some good steps in the right direction. It's going to be just going to be a matter of time to see how it all kind of plays out. Now, Chris, for you mentioned that, and I'm also thinking about this, and I'm not sure if Jared Goff will do this. We don't know yet, but. Tom Brady has consistently over the course of years and years and years taken less mm-hmm. than in terms of salary than other quarterbacks have. And I think that has to play a role as well. It makes things oh, so yeah. much easier for the yeah. Patriots to go out there and get people. We don't know yeah. if Goff will do that. Yeah, and the other thing, too, is you need to build a culture. You need to build a franchise where people might be interested in taking a few dollars less to come play for you. Um whether that's the idea of playing, you know, if you're on the offensive side of the ball, the opportunity to play alongside a guy like Jared Goff. Um, you know, if you're on defense, maybe it's an opportunity to play with, you know, for, for a defensive coordinator like Wade Phillips. And one of the things that Aqib Dalib said today, and I'm sure that, you know, you guys have talked about this before, is he said he wanted to come play for Wade because he knew him, you know, from his time in Denver. He knew his system. You know, he had a good relationship with him. So those are things that, you know, kind of have to fall into place over the years. You, you don't know if it's going to happen, but yeah. Your your point with Goff is a good one. If he can see the big picture um, and, and understand that he might make up some more money elsewhere, say with an UGGs endorsement or something like that, you know, or marrying you know the the richest supermodel in the history of mankind, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, you you can you can take a few dollars less in in the name of team building. So yeah, you know, Brady has taken. Brady's taken, you know, cut rate market deals, and and uh, the Patriots have benefited. Um, but it, but the other thing too, the, the really important thing is you need to build a culture where guys want to play in that system. Maybe they'll take a pay cut. Maybe they want to stick around just for the opportunity to play for a guy like Sean McVay or Jared Goff or Wade Phillips or play alongside a, you know, an Aaron Donald. So it, it is. It's 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 very very early in the process for the Rams, but at least initially they, it appears they've taken steps in the right direction. Well, that's what they did with Dominican too. He yeah. took less. Yeah. And yeah. as far example. as I understand, is Roby Coleman also could have left for a little more as well, and he chose to resign. So I yeah. think those signs are there. And a lot of the, you know, the one thing I can talk, I can say grudgingly, because, you know, we still have some bitter feelings from all those years ago, is with the Patriots, we can at least respect the fact that they have built 
that culture there. Yeah. And what we've seen in the last two years has been a lot of the same thing. We, not me, you know, trust the process. I know it's a little, it's very, very, you know, platitude-ish, but just the idea of, of a culture there and just watching this Rams team this year, I mean, these guys are, I can tell you, there have been a lot of Rams teams we've watched that have been hard to like. Yeah. And this team is actually, they, these guys love playing together. They love playing the game. They, they're they likable. Yeah. And yeah. And that's that, a huge, that is, yeah, that's a huge, well, it's, it's, clubhouse chemistry is, is not something that's overrated, you know, I mean, you, you have to be able to enjoy the people you come to work with, so I, I think there's something to that. So, you know, I'm, I'm looking at this and thinking, man, there, there are these similarities in culture, and this isn't surprising at all to hear that, yeah, Bill Belichick and Sean McVay have been texting each other throughout the year, because, you know, they, they both have done so well in forming those cultures there. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's huge. It, it is, and it's it's something that's that's vital. And I, I hate to kind of delve into like intangibles and and say, well, you know, and this and this, because you know, it, I, I prefer kind of the X's and O's and the reality and the bottom line, you know, type of it. But but you have to be able to want to get guys to buy in whatever the case may be. And it's clear that the Rams have, have created a culture, at least initially, where guys have started to buy in. And, you know, you, now the next step is you need to build on it. You need to be able to kind of continue. You've reached the mountaintop, and you need to be able to kind of, you know, move forward from there. You know, again, like you said, you know, kind of we, not me. Um, Pat Riley has talked about the disease of me, I, I think, is, is the, the phrase that he used. And that's something that needs to be, you know, addressed. You need to really monitor your your locker room to make sure that you have guys who want to be there, who guys who aren't necessarily you know kind of poisoning the well. So it's a continuous process, and you have to be able to you know know when to turn the roster and in all of that. So it it is. It's it's difficult, and a lot of things have to fall into place, and you have to you know get some really good timing along the way. So speaking of poisoning the well, and again, I understand things are going to be different. In local media compared to national I media, mean, national media early in the season, we kept hearing a lot of reports of, you know, some dissension with, you know, concerning Tom Brady and his his trainer guy and mm-hmm. the organization and so on and so forth. And then this team goes on a Super Bowl run. What's the real story about how Bill Belichick and his team are with each other now? What how is this this organization right now, chemistry wise? They're, they're, they can compartmentalize better than maybe anyone in the National Football League. Uh, and, and both Belichick and Brady, in my mind, are really they're smart enough and they're stone-cold sober enough to understand that they need each other. They need each other to survive. And over the course of the regular season, they'll put those, you know, if they have any differences, they'll put them aside in, in favor of the big picture. So, uh, you know... The, whatever dis, dissension, dysfunction, whatever word you want to attach to it, mm-hmm. you know, there there is some tension. There was some tension there, at least in my experience this past offseason. Uh, and and the, the key is to be able to, you know, have those disagreements, to be able to work through them. And then when football season starts, put it all aside because, you know, everyone has a common goal. I, I wouldn't be surprised if this offseason things didn't, you know, flare up again just because it's the, kind of the, the nature of, you know, the nature of the business. The other thing, too, it's really important to remember, I, I'm shocked that it took this long for them to have any sort of, you know, tension between the two of them. They, they've been together for 19 years. And yeah. it, it's my understanding that that was a, a sizable reason 
why Tom decided to stay away from the off-season workout program, that he just needed a little time away. You know, these two have been joined at the hip for for so long, they needed a break. And, and I, I think that it ultimately ended up benefiting both of them. So, yeah, there there is, to, to answer your question, you know, there has been some tension in this organization for, you know, for, for a little bit. But, again, I, I think that the job that, you know, everyone – who's part of it does when it comes to compartmentalizing and the fact that everyone realizes they need the other, you know, it it kind of puts it away after a while, for lack of a better term. Well, Christopher, about about the actual game itself, what matchups do you believe will be vital for the Patriots offense come Sunday night? It's going to be the Patriots offensive line against the Rams defensive line. And I think that is – you know, we could talk about McVay versus Belichick. We can talk about Wade Phillips against Brady. But for me, that's going to be the singular matchup that defines this game. Can the Patriots find a way to give Tom Brady enough time in the pocket, as they have over the first two playoff games, to be able to allow him to operate? And can the offensive line clear running lanes wide enough for Sony Michelle, James White, Rex Burkett, and the rest? So uh, I, I think everything else is just kind of window dressing. At this point, if the Patriots are able to win those battles up front, I think they have a good chance of winning that game. I think if the Rams are able to get pressure on Brady consistently with a minimum amount of rushers, I think the Rams have a good chance of winning the game. So I really, for me, that's the matchup that's going to end up defining Super Bowl 53. The Patriots have only given out 21 sacks this year. That includes postseason. Yeah. Um, But that doesn't mean Brady hasn't faced pressure. Now, I haven't seen enough film on every game. But we, we've seen some rough patches, at least with the team's performance this year. Have mm-hmm. teams at times been able to at least get some pressure on him to make him uncomfortable in the pocket? Yeah, yeah, and, and a lot of times when that pressure is coming, it's come out the middle as opposed to the edges, um, which is really interesting because the, the, the tackles have been kind of hit or miss over the course of the year, but but the interior has been really, really good. Um, they've also been... They've been, they've been lucky because they've had a run of really good health and they've had the same five guys out there for an extended period of time. And then the other thing, too, that's important to remember is that Brady gets rid of the ball really quickly. I don't know if you saw that um, mm-hmm. the NFL Films video of uh, Joey Bosa you know, kind of joking around with Brady saying, you know, why do you get rid of the ball so quickly? And Brady, you know, responds by saying, well, you know, if, if you didn't get here so quickly, I wouldn't get rid of the ball so quickly. So <laughs> that that's a big part of it. You know, we can sit here and praise the offensive line, and the offensive line deserves a lot of credit for the job that they've done. But at the same time, you know, the quarterback is wise enough to know that he's got to get that thing out. He's got to get that thing out quickly. And I think that benefits them. And if Brady is able to consistently deliver completions in 2.5 seconds or less, that is a recipe for not disaster for the Rams, but it, it's going to spell trouble for them. On the flip side, what about the Patriots' defense? What are there? What matches for them against the Rams' offense will be important? Basically, who they decide to put on which wide receiver. Um, it's for the Patriots' defense. The goal is going to be, and it was really interesting in the AFC Championship game. They used J.C. Jackson and Keon Cross and. Uh, two younger cornerbacks, two rookie cornerbacks, as a matter of fact, on Tyreek Hill, um, as opposed to Steph Gilmore, who's their best cornerback, but who's you know who's not as fast. He was he, he was on the other side. So, um, really, for me, you're going to have a matchup of Nickel Roby Coleman going up against Edelman, and then no, I'm I'm sorry, I want to flip that around. Is 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 it going to be um, 
Jackson and Crossan against Brandon Cooks, or are we going to see Robert Wood and we're going to, are we going to see them against Robert Woods? And you're going to put your number one corner against really, at least theoretically, right now, Cooks, your number one receiver. Um, the secondary, it's important to remember, has been the strength of that Patriots defense all year long, without a, without a doubt. But I'm going to be fascinated to see how they end up uh, utilizing their corners against a, that, that really fast group of wideouts. Dan, overall, what are your X factors for the game? Special teams. Um, games like this quite often are won and lost on special teams, whether it's a return, whether it's a block, whether it's you know blown kick coverage, uh, whatever the case may be. And the Patriots have been up and down this year to be kind when it comes to their special team performances, which is a little bit out of the ordinary for them because they've always been really good. They've had some great performances. Albert McClellan has blocked, like, three or four punts this year. Uh, Cordero Patterson has run back a kick. He's an all-pro kick returner. Um, you know, there there have been some areas where they've just been absolutely lights out, fantastic, but you know, there were large stretches this year where the kick coverage was awful. It was just really, really bad. And so um, if the Rams are able to, uh, you know, find a way, uh, you know, kind of find a seam, find a vulnerability in the, in the Patriots special teams. I think that'll go a long way toward turning things. So, and, and conversely, if the Patriots are able to, to you know, to find a soft spot in the Rams special teams, I think that's going to swing things in New England's favor. So, um, New special teams has always been kind of an underrated part of, of what both of these teams do, I think. Um, but and, and I think that, you know, if this game is going to be a one-score game in the fourth quarter, uh, you know, things could end up turning on a, a key special team. That's the weird thing. This year, the Rams, one of their big strengths has been special teams across the board. Kicking, mm-hmm. punting, coverage. I mean, they've been very, very good. Yep. Um, and that's even with, you know, them releasing Farrell Cooper and having J, uh, JoJo Natson back there. So that to me is fascinating. But I'll never, you know, the memory of four seconds left and Vinatieri, you know, beating the Rams, that's never going to go away. And so yep. when you talk about the importance of special teams, it's, you know, to me that is, that's always going to be <laughs> in the back of my mind heading into a game like this. And, the, and then also a fact, too, that, you know, the Patriots have never blown anybody out. In yep. a Super Bowl. Every game they play has been close. And, yep. so, and it's and, killed me as a reporter, honestly, because <laughs> I've been on deadline for all those games. I just want one one Super Bowl where it's not a tight one with two minutes to go. Yeah, and, and the, you know the Rams haven't been blown out this year. They've they've been down a couple times. And they've come back every time. So I don't see this game being a blowout. I don't see this game being a two touchdown game. They're going to be. This just not, has not been the Rams' culture all year. I just see this going down the wire. And you know, heaven forbid, for on our side, covering this team. Watching Tom Brady do this to the Rams again. Oh, good gosh. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been, it, it, it is. I mean, it, it's been a little bit of the Patriots. As you mentioned, it's been a little bit of the Patriots MO as well here in these big games. They, they never seem to blow anyone out. I, I think really for me, one of the things I'm going to be looking for in, in that regard is if Super Bowl experience counts for anything in my, you know, in, in, from, from what I've seen, it usually, manifests itself early on with a mistake or someone's kind of blown away on the big stage. So I think if the Patriots, you know, are able to take advantage of a Rams miscue in the early going because the Rams are a little bit kind of intimidated by the bright lights and, you know, the whole bit, I I think there's a chance. Now, the flip side of that is the Patriots, in all of these Super Bowls, they have not scored first or they they haven't scored in the first quarter, which is Mm -hmm. absolutely bizarre to me. So, I, I think that's one of the things worth looking for. If the Patriots are able to score early, 
um, we could see, you know, we could see, I don't want to say them run away with it, but at least be in command for, you know, for, for at least an extended part of the game. But I, I just think this thing sets up as a, an absolutely fascinating matchup on a number of levels. And, and I think my first thought is I'm, I'm really with you. I, I don't think this game is going to be a blowout. I think this game is going to be tight. Well, I also look at it too. The Rams, uh, over the course of two years on McVay, they, they have been a team that when they face adversity, they really rise the challenge. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it takes a little longer. You know, they had that two-game stretch in December with the Bears, uh, really, really exposed some issues they had on the edges. The, the Eagles followed the next week and did use the same formula. Gurley gets hurt in that game. Then the Rams go back to the drawing board. They go back to what we all know that they should be doing, which is running the football. <laughs> and because that's what they do. They run the football they, they, and play action. That's how they beat you. And so I'm looking at this game going, Every time the Rams have been challenged, every time the Rams have been been facing adversity, going to the Dallas game, nobody thought they were going to do it with Dallas, but they did. And then you go to New Orleans, and no one, you know, very little people, very few people gave the Rams a shot down there in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And the Rams, you know, of course, the national media is saying, uh, well, the Rams got, you know, the Rams got, you know, robbed them. No, the Rams actually dominated much the last three quarters of the game. Yep. And so. You know, but that first quarter was, you know, for a nail biter. You're thinking, oh my gosh, this is going to be a blowout. And yep. every single time they've had their backs against the wall, they've come back from it. And so yep. I look at this game and go, you have two teams with a lot of character in different ways. You have the experience of the Patriots, and you have a team that's been toughened through some hard battles over the last two years. And I have no idea how this is going to go. But I'm going to ask you if you have a prediction for us. Well, I, I'm torn. I, and I got to be honest, I'm torn between, you know, being right and being, you know, <laughs> keep, keeping my head in it here. Because I got to be honest with you, the start of the year, I picked the Rams beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. And, and I actually have, you know, I, I, I have proof of that on our website at bostonsportsjournal.com. I picked the Rams to beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. And so, but now I, after being here for a couple of days and kind of getting a vibe, I, I'm starting to kind of swing back to the Patriots. So maybe by the end of the week, I'm back with the Rams. I don't know, but um, it, it, it was. I was I was very proud of the fact that I, I did say I said the Rams at the start of the year, and I'm, I'm I'm sticking with them at least for now. Yeah, you know the weird thing is, is on our side, um, I've I've already in in the process of our doing our previews. I've talked to two former Rams, um, Jim Everett being one of them, and. Both of them have predicted Rams wins, and not just close Rams wins. They've predicted mm-hmm. Rams wins by ten points or more. Wow! And so there's something they're seeing in the team. But you know, the, of course, you you're you're Rams guys. You, it's, you, I'm not sure where you where the objective mind comes and where the you know the the bias comes as well. Oh yeah. But oh, yeah. you know, Jim Everett's very 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 football savvy, so it's kind of hard to argue that. But yep. I can also look at this and go, you know. It's, this is the New Patriots. This is nine Super Bowls. This is Tom Brady, and we just saw what he did to Kansas City. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and look, look, man. Honestly, it's you know you you you. I don't want to say you throw things out when you talk about the Patriots in the postseason, but this is it's a very different team than the team that lost you know two games down the stretch. This is a a, a team that's that's far removed. So you know. I, I know there's a there's an interest in kind of looking at the, the body of work that the Patriots put together mm-hmm. this year, but but I think I'd be more inclined right now to look at what they were able to do in the you know the first two playoff games. So it's it is it is maybe unlike any Patriots team that I have covered, and I've covered the team since 2001. So 
Um, it, it, it's very rare. I, I've, I've never seen a Patriots team like this really flip a switch and get to this point in the season after struggling like they did down the stretch. And I can flip that around and go, since those two losses in December, this Rams team is completely different. Yep. Yeah, so yep. we're – I, I, I'm actually on the same wavelength. I have no idea what's going to happen come Sunday. I'm going to call a Rams win because I did, there's just a feeling on our end about them and what they've been doing and what they've been doing right. And I, I like the matchups with the Rams up front on offense against the Patriots front line. But, yeah. you know, I guess we'll find out. So, yep. Christopher, where can people find you? I'm on Twitter at CPriceNFL. That's CPriceNFL. You can also check out my stuff at BostonSportsJournal.com. All right. Well, I do want to thank you so much for taking the time. I know you're busy down there in Atlanta. You're probably exhausted. So thanks so much for taking the time with us and just give us your point of view. And, oh, you know, geez, where can people find your book, too, by the way? Oh, I, actually, I've, I've written a few Patriots books. Uh, there, there's one, The Complete Illustrated History of the New England Patriots, which is a coffee table book. Um, there's Drive for Five, which came out a couple of years ago, which was the story of the 2016 team. And then, as you mentioned before, there's there's the Blueprint, which uh, was originally published in 2008. And all of those are available. at um, You can pick them up at Amazon.com or find bookstores anywhere. All right. So, again, thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Sounds good. Take care. All right. Thank you. Bye. All right, folks. Again, that's Christopher Price from the Boston Sports Journal. Really, really down-to-earth guy. I really enjoyed having that conversation with him. We do also remind you that tomorrow night we're going to have part two of our Super Bowl roundtable. We'll be on this show be tomorrow night, so come and check it out. If you would like to sponsor us, we do need some advertisers, folks, if we're going to keep the lights on. Right now, we, we just kind of keep a few things going around here, maybe you know a shack and a battery. And it gets a little cold in here sometimes, but we'll, but we'll make it. We'll make it, okay? I promise. But help us out. Reach out to us at ramstop1945 at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 657-666-5453. We have a media kit ready to get out to you. And, folks, also don't forget to follow us on Twitter at TalkRams and on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash RamsTalk. You can find me on Twitter at DC Apollo. Don't forget us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, all those places. And, again, special thanks to our guest this week uh, or for this episode, Christopher Price. Really, really good interview as well. This is Derek C. Paul, managing editor for Rams Talk. Take it easy, and we'll be back with you tomorrow night. Have a great one. control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history? Still in the make. The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. 
From self-help books to meditation, we work hard to find peace of mind. Xfinity Home helps you rest easy with a total home security solution. Installed by experts and powered by secure and reliable Xfinity Wi-Fi, you'll get 24-7 professional monitoring with fast response times and real-time alerts, like when doors and windows are opened. Rest easier with Xfinity Home. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash home security. Restrictions apply. Residential customers only. Requires compatible high-speed internet. Professional installation required.